Welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Hello, and welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast. Today, we've got a great presentation. It's a special presentation that we that we first ran on our Fathering Together Facebook page. As you know, I work to bring you guests that will help you to look and see things in a little bit different way, but also allow for you to meet some really amazing individuals that are going to help you think about things in different ways as well. Today's webinar is definitely one of those. On the Fathering Together Facebook page, we do provide you with webinars as well as panel discussions that are going to broaden your perspective on a number of different things. And I hope that today's presentation will do just that. Hey, everyone. Chris Lewis from Fathering Together. Thanks so much for being here today. It's always exciting to be able to talk with all of you for another one of our webinars. It is important for us to be able to provide you with opportunities to be able to learn and grow from from other fathers, but also other experts in the field that are going to help you to be the best dads that you can be. And tonight, we're going to be doing just that. Today, we're going to be talking about what you can do to stay connected with your kids from a distance. Now, this is important. As you know, we do have a subgroup within our Fathering Together communities called Legal and Custody Issues. And for many, many people that are going through legal and custody issues, they're having to parent from a distance and also stay connected with their children from a distance. But we have a number of great people here tonight to be able to talk about their own experiences, also talk about some of the legal side of things. Uh, joining us today, we have Colleen Breams, who is an associate attorney at Lavelle Law in Chicago. Um, we have uh, Ivan um, Mertens Aramayo. He's waving. Um, he's a father and moderator within our Dads with Daughters group. Jeffrey Schmidt is a father and attorney in Chicago. Um, and Tommy Maloney is a father and founder of BlendingFamily.com. So uh, for all of you, Fathering Together is all about helping you be the best dad that you can be. These, these webinars are a part of that, um, but we do, we do a lot more than just that. It's important for you to be able to stay connected with others, but also um, to find community for yourself and to be able to educate yourself to be able to be the best dad that you can be. And this webinar is going to help you in that path. I'm going to step away and turn this over to our moderator. Floor Mercado. Um, I didn't mention his name, but Floor is our mo our moderator extraordinaire. Uh, he's been moderating <laughs> all of our panels uh, that we've been having in our legal and custody issue groups. We we have we have completely appreciated all that you have done, Floor, to be able to lead this effort and to be able to make this even even better. So, for all of you, thank you for being here, and I'll be back at the end. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. Uh, so everyone, it's awesome to have you here once again. Colleen, always a pleasure. Um, Yvonne, nice to see you. And um, I have Jeff and Tommy. So thank you guys for joining us. I think this uh, topic is really important because being connected with kids in, in any level is extremely important. But when you add in the fact that your child may not be with you either full-time or part-time, I think it really adds more of an importance of how you should stay connected with them and the impact you continue to make uh, with them through their life um, and how you can just continue to play a role as, as, a, as a parent, as a father. Um, so, I mean, if uh, I want to start with Tommy, just, just to, just to, you know, hear your response on why is it so important that, that we kind of keep the line of communication with the other parent? Cause I think that, kind of sets the tone and how you continue to communicate with your child and and just kind of still have that impact. I think it, it really starts with the parent-to-parent -parent communication and just having that uh, as, as, I guess, mutual as possible. And just, of course, knowing the priority at hand, which is the child. Uh, so how do, you, how do you keep that line of communication uh, open and, and great? I wouldn't say great, Flora. I would say uh, <laughs> open, open and honest with my former spouse. And when I say open and honest, the only way the two of us uh, communicate is through email. And ironically, when my parents were divorced, as I ended up getting uh, married and divorced, my mom gave me some words of wisdom that I failed to use. And she said, 
do you want to be like your father and I? And it took them 10 years to have a civil uh, discussion. And uh, my former spouse and I, like I said, we we treat our communication like a business. We, I, I know it, it, that's phrase is thrown around a lot, but that's what works for us. And for us, Floor, uh, if, if there's anything going on, it, it is communicated through email. And that's how that's how we've always done it. And part of it is because her and I have ended up in, in court in the past. And so the three D's, as maybe Colleen uh, can uh, attribute, the three D's in life are document, document, document. And that's part of the reason why uh, a lot of our communication is through email. And plus, we don't have to really talk to each other in person. Back to you, Floor in the Booth. Yeah. That's that's um I'm glad you mentioned that because that's something I actually uh experienced where I, I don't think I I didn't um practice the three Ds. I didn't document at all. It was just more so of just trying to have that mutual con- communication and trusting each other as parents that we would do everything and, and as fair as possible. But I think uh it led to a lot of challenges and or he said, she said or even like, that's not what I meant. You misunderstood me and it creates just a lot of issues down the road. But once I started seeking a little bit more help from an attorney, I, I started to just document. And that actually helped me a lot because a lot of things that I found that I've communicated through email and then going back and when she said, oh, you said this. And I'll be like, oh, I don't think I said that. And I went back to read my own email. I'm like, oh, wait, I, I did say that. Um, or even vice versa. Um, but it was harder for me to get her to communicate through email. Um, but eventually it came around, but that does definitely help. Uh, the three D's, I never heard it that way, but documentation definitely is is something that helps. Uh, Jeff, what about you? Was there any other methods that you found that was helpful for you? Um, actually, I, I would agree 100%. Um, you know, at various stages over, I, you know, unfortunately, my my ex-wife and I divorced when my daughter was pretty young. And so it's been a while. And um, we've had to navigate some of those ups and downs, too. And, and we find, um, I think, it's to everyone's benefit to not just document, but to, as you were talking about, make our communications clear and referenceable, if that's a word. Um, One thing I'll add to that is that in situations where um, maybe the the relationship is not as amicable uh, as it could be, um, I always write my emails and my texts and other communications as if my daughter were going to read them. Um, it's one thing to to write, and I'm sure Colleen would echo this, as if a judge were going to read them. But um, I found actually quite unexpectedly that, that my daughter's mother had shared some of what I had written with her. And I was very glad that I had written it in a just a matter of fact, civil way that that just tried to get the job done with my daughter's best interest in mind. So I think that's a, a tip that that I would add to the conversation is is that, you know, not only know your audience, but maybe even think about who your audience could be that you don't expect it to be. That's an excellent point and, and very powerful because even though it is, you know, just written word and it's not to your daughter directly, um, I mean, that, that's powerful because if she does read it, she can see like, oh, my dad still treated my mom with respect and, and did everything, you know, needed it, it which kind of goes both ways, even treating them in person that way because they kind of see everything. Sure. Um, but putting it into words like that, I think it's also just as meaningful and can be powerful for, for the child in the long run. And just seeing how this is how my dad was not only in person, but and he was like this in every way. So that's that's great. Um, Yvonne, what's your take on... On, on the communication with the other parent? Uh, so my documentation goes a little further back, uh, and I'll tell you why. So my divorce began in 2004. So uh, back then, emailing uh, wasn't really 
caught on that well. But the one thing that we did is uh, I, I did have a week at a glance calendar. Uh, and so I would document events, uh, you know, every day, you know, this happened today. She handed off the kids an hour late um, or, you know, today I ended up going to the zoo or she took them to the pool. And so I would I would document everything that I could uh, in that manner. Uh, and then as the, the girls started getting older and uh, more modern things came about, um, we started using Google Calendar, um, gave the girls also uh, a Gmail account. And so then when there were things that had to happen, like a teacher, parent teacher conference night, or we had to do, um, you know, whatever activity or event, it would, I would put it in the calendar and then uh, you can add people's email on there and then I would put it on there. And then that's how we would communicate what's going on um, with kids. So that's another, on top of using the emails, using Gmail uh, calendar, uh, or any other calendar that you have that you can share calendars with, uh, like I prefer using Google calendars, um, but that's how we do that now. And, and even till today, uh, there are some things that we still have to, my youngest right now is 17, she's about to turn 18, uh, but there's still events that are going on and we still communicate, you know, through emails, through texts. Uh, if it's something really important with Texas, you can now screenshot it and, you know, put it in a folder and save it to the cloud. Um, so for those of you that are trying to figure out how you can take your Texas, just screenshot them um, and then put them into a folder and save it to your cloud uh, and do it that way. And if you need to find, uh, you know, more cloud storage, Google's pretty cheap, uh, $1.99 for like 50 gigs a month. So I'm not trying to plug Google, but <laughs> uh, but that's uh, widely used. So that's one. That's that's what I would suggest. That's excellent. Now, Colleen, um, in your in your in your professional life, uh, with with dealing with some of these situations, um, is it common to have both parents' involvement in situations like this, or do you see it a little bit more the other way, where you know one has you know full custody and there's not too much involvement from the other? Um, what what's what what's been your experience? Sure. So in my experience, the court's presumption is that both parents are fit. Uh, to have a say in their child's life, to be part of the upbringing and, you know, therefore be part of the communication about the child. Um, so the courts tend to assume that unless someone brings forth evidence to the contrary. Um, in those situations, generally it has to be pretty extreme to take decision making away from one parent's um, that said, I do see some situations where parties get along well. There, there aren't situations of, you know, endangerment, for example, um, but the parents agree it's best that one parent make the major decisions for the child for whatever reason. Um, but by and large, it tends to be that both parents get a say and make these decisions. And I love what I heard from Jeff. Um, lots of times I tell my clients when I'm representing the adults in those cases, read or write everything as if a judge is going to read it because a judge very may will if you have a matter pending in court. Uh, written communication is certainly something you could present to a judge. If you write it as if your child might read it, that's even better. Um, and coming from a perspective as a family law attorney who not only represents adults, but represents children where I'm not representing adults in a case, children see everything. Um, they really observe a lot, more than you may realize, um, and they really do take note of how their parents communicate and how their parents interact with each other and, and take that to heart. Um, so I think to the extent that you could have really good civil communication, whether that's in person or written in email, like Tom mentioned, um, it, it's important to do that. Um, some forms of communication that are available to people that maybe don't get along so well it include co-parenting apps. Um, there, a couple of co-parenting apps we use here in Illinois, uh, one is called Talking Parents, another one is called Our Family Wizard, and they're great apps because it documents, documents, documents everything you communicate when it comes to co-parenting. Um, Our Family Wizard has a calendaring function. Um, it's an app you can download on your phone, so you get notifications when one parent reaches out to you, um, and, and you also get a notification when your message has been read, um, and also provides a really solid record of what you talked about, discussed, and agreed to. Um, I, I always think that documenting things, even, am, even in amicable situations, is better than just relying on verbal conversations. Um, so I agree with the three Ds for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, communication is extremely important, uh, not just with the other parent, you know, making sure that we're always on the same page to do what is in the best interest of the child. Um, but, I mean, coming down to what our main topic is, is just connecting with the child, I think, is, is just as important and can be very impactful, depending on what we do. Like you said, they see everything we do. Um, they even hear everything we do, how we treat every situation. And, but sometimes at, from a distance, um, especially now technology has given us a lot of tools to really uh, communicate with our children. Um, Jeff, what is like some of the ways, like what, what methods um, have you used to connect with your child from a distance? Well, of course. I, I don't know that, that my, um, my methods of connection are all that creative, um, you know, texts, I, Daily calls. I'm, I mean, literally daily uh, for essentially her entire life since she was capable of, of talking on the phone and even before that. Um, but, you know, I, I I get up in the morning and even if it's really early, I'll write out a text to her that I'll send a little later just saying. And, and I struggle sometimes to get her to respond, um, but... I always want her to know that she's consistently on my mind, that I'm consistently um, interested in what she's doing and, and hoping that things are going well for her and, and reinforcing that I love her and miss her when we're not together. Um, one of the other things that I'll just add is I'm really fortunate uh, because I'm remarried to a wonderful woman and she has really taken my daughter on as her own. And what's nice is she participates in our weekly dinners and our nightly phone calls and in group texts and things like that. And I find that as the father of a girl, um, having a, a female presence and one that's just so good to her, um, is really useful too, because sometimes that bridges the gap um, between a dad and a daughter, at least in my experience. I agree 100%. Um, I'm actually in the same shoes where I tried um, early on as a single dad, trying to learn as much as I could about girls and how to, you know, raise them because I had no clue. And when she was with me, I just wanted to make sure I knew what I was doing. Um, it took some time to get there. And of course, a lot of uh, support uh, from, from in my, in my relationship now. And, and I'm thankful to have it there because uh, like you said, it kind of bridges that, that gap where, you know, a, a girl just kind of needs like another female figure to communicate with and just to bond with in a, in a special way that they may not be able to do with me. And, and I'm totally okay with that. And I think just having that positive role model outside of her mom, I think definitely helps when she's with me. So she continues to receive that, but also to support me in those moments where I need it the most. So it's definitely uh, uh, appreciated for sure. Uh, Tommy, how is, uh, what, what methods have you used in the past or now? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bit old fashioned and that is, when I used when I uh, traveled for work, I was a road warrior, and so my routine was I was flying from uh, Denver Airport to LaGuardia, so to speak. And the first place I would go to is the gift shop, and I would buy five uh, postcards. And it was right around the time uh, where my son was first learning how to read, and so I would send him a postcard every day, and that way. I would do my best. I have, I have handwriting like a doctor. So I really had to concentrate and focus on what I wanted to say to him. And I've actually taken that, um, you know, something like Jeff was talking about, you know, my son is now 17. I will text him and it will be days later before I hear back from him. Or even if I call him, it will be days later. I've, I've written him letters just, put some um, perspective in his life that dad is still thinking of him. Dad still loves him. Even though, again, like many of us, our kids are not in our same household on a consistent basis. 
So writing letters is one of the things I, I enjoy doing. And I actually stole that from my grandmother because she still writes letters. And so that's, that's again, it's the writer in me. And, you know, postcards are great writing letters because, I mean, who doesn't enjoy a, a handwritten letter? Or in my case, I, I have to type it out again, handwriting like a doctor. Yeah, yeah, I, I like I like what's going old school. Um, that's something I haven't used. Um, I kind of do what Jeff does and, and do the phone call every day when she's not with me. I speak to her all the time around the same time. If not, sometimes I do a video call and then she wants to play all these uh, interactive games that you have like on Facebook Messenger or or she just wants to show me something. And then uh, a, a two-minute conversation turns into 30 minutes of her just showing me all these things <laughs> and um even when i'm driving she's like daddy i know you're driving but i want to show you something i think okay well i gotta wait till the next stoplight <laughs> you gotta give me a second um so it's always fun having those phone calls um and of course mailing is is definitely another another method to use to kind of stay connected when you're on the road a lot so that's that's awesome that you do that uh yvonne how's um what methods have you used to stay connected with your children so early on, so when I got divorced, the kids were uh, three and two years old. And um, what I set up with, uh, you know, I was going through the divorce process. So uh, what I set up with their mom was uh, to come in and uh, give them a bath at night and at her place. So she allowed me to come in. So I would put them to bed and then I would leave. Um, so there was that type of amicable um, relationship. Um it wasn't a hundred percent, you know, there were times that, you know, we were at each other and, and, you know, we couldn't, but what we did establish is actually something I learned from, from my uncle who got divorced and he's the only family member in my entire family that I know that got divorced and he had three kids and he would call them every night. And, um, so following the same suit, I established eight o'clock as being the call time. And eight o'clock every single time I, I told my, uh, my ex-wife to set the alarm for eight o'clock on her phone. Um, when the kids started getting older and I was able to get them cell phones, I, I put it into their cell phones. I put the alarm in there um, so that it would be eight o'clock at night. Every night uh, we would talk to each other no matter where we were. If I traveled, um, much like postcards, uh, I actually would pick up T-shirts. <laughs> so I would get T-shirts from... Um, different places. Some people do teddy bears, some people do snow globes, spoons, all that other stuff. Um, but I did t-shirts um, and it uh, and it was really, really nice um, because they still, even though the t-shirts are too small now, they still have them all stored, uh, you know, wherever I, I ever went from Barcelona to Boston to, you know, LA. So that's, uh, that's one thing that I did to connect with them, to let them know that I was thinking of them. Um, so it's something that they like. Plus I had it in my suitcase. So <clears throat> it had that smell of me. Um, and I remember once in a while, uh, my oldest daughter would be like, Hey dad, can you spray your cologne on my teddy bear or something like that? Or on my shirt? Cause she would, uh, she would like that. So that was, that was one good way that we bonded and, and connected. That's great. Um, now Yvonne, uh, staying with you, have you ever experienced those moments where you do make that phone call at, and you know, of course, always excited to talk to our kids. Have you received that same, same equal response, or has has been there's times because I know you have older children, they're teenagers. Has there been a time where it's like, oh, dad, not right now. Like, I can't talk on the phone right now, or I'm hanging out with my friends. Like, have you had that where it's like, oh man, I'm excited to hear you, and you don't want to talk to me? Have you experienced that moment? <laughs> Yeah, so now that's getting right into <laughs> high school. Uh, you know, that's that's when I came. I did a lot um, to try to be a part of my kids' uh, lives. Um, so I was very heavily involved in the PTA. I was on there for nine years. Uh, um, and it was something that uh, I was constantly aware of what they were doing in school and everything. And so then I, it, it was great to have that 8 o'clock phone call to follow up on homework, on on issues but as the kids got older i promised them that i wasn't going to do the pta in high school um but we did uh there were times where they were too busy but it was one thing that we never missed was um and i failed to mention this when we were doing when i was talking about doing the eight o'clock phone calls was that we have a way of saying good night 
we don't we don't say hey bye or i love you take care of it's it, there's this whole entire uh routine and it's uh uh, you know, I say it and then they respond and it's, I love you. I love you too much, too much on the inside, on the inside, outside, outside, all day, all day, all night, all night. And then we say our, cause they speak Spanish. We say our Angel de la Guardia, our guardian angel prayer. Uh, and then we say a prayer in English. Um, now lay me down to sleep prayer. Uh, and we did that on the phone. And even when they were, uh, when I had, them, um, at night. So again, doing those activities with your kids, staying connected with them, um, is essential because they grow up, even though they're at mom's house, they still have your presence with them. And and doing stuff like that kind of creates that strong bond. Uh, Jeff, how about you? Have you have you had those calls where it was just uh, not necessarily open arms uh, when you have uh, contact with <laughs> <your> children? <laughs> oh, you're you're speaking my language because um, <laughs> my my daughter is thirteen. Uh, and in eighth grade. So you can imagine she's got, as, as I'm sure all of you have been through or, or are looking forward to, she's got uh, very much a mind of her own. And then, you know, all of the sort of uh, um, distractions and pressures of being in eighth grade, homework is much, much, much different in eighth grade. And like Yvonne, you know, I, I was a room parent for a lot of years. It was, you know, frequently the only guy who was participating um, in that way. But um, yeah, you know, it's it's tough. I, I mentioned earlier, I, I will text my daughter every day and, and uh, it's a struggle sometimes to get a response and I'll call her every day. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's those one word answer phone calls. But the thing about it, to me is that no matter how much um, I may struggle with the idea that I'm putting energy into it and getting kind of a teenage response, um, consistency has always been a real goal of mine. Um, you know, there are times when you're traveling or whatever, but, you know, being there for dinner once a week, every week. Um, you know, making that call every night, whether it's like Yvonne at the exact same time or or in some predictable fashion, I think um, sends them a message, even when they're not responding, um, that that you are always connected and always thinking about them. And I think that that will pay dividends down the road. But um, in the moment, it can be frustrating not to... Uh, not to get a reciprocal response or, or the kind of detail, you know, how was your day? Fine. That kind of thing. So uh, uh, we'll work through it, but it's definitely something that, that we've experienced. Yeah. My daughter is eight years old and I get that now where I call and I feel like I just messed up her playtime or she's hanging out with some friends or her cousins at her mom's and I feel like I really called it a bad time. <laughs> like, but uh, I really like your uh, your response with consistency because I, you know, I like to speak to her every day, and it's a short phone call. I just like to let her know that I'm calling to make sure so I can hear her voice, but also make sure that she's okay and that she's, you know, enjoying that she's having a good day. But also asking. How, you know, how was her day? You know, if, you know, if it was bad, if it was good, if, if it was, you know, if it was bad, why was it bad? If it was good, what was good about it? Um, and I tried to ask her those same things every time I talked to her. And if after that she wants to hang up, then I just let her just kind of do her thing and continue to have fun. But as long as I'm consistent and just making sure I ask that, because, you know, down the road, I want her to know that, you know, I, I remain consistent. I, I care about her and I want her to know that and how her day's doing. If she's having a bad day, you know, that once she gets her own phone and all that, I, I want her to call me and let me know like, hey, dad, I'm having a bad day. This is what's going on. This is what happened. And if it's not me, it can be my girlfriend, you know, and I'm totally okay with that because, you know, there may be some times where she may not be necessarily comfortable with me knowing something or she or she just needs that woman to figure to like hey i'm having this issue i need some help um and, and i just want her to be comfortable enough to express herself 
and look for the help if she needs it versus just keeping it in. Um, Tommy, have you, have you experienced this? And like, what was your reaction? Well, I, I mean, I have, I have a teenage son and I experience it, like I was saying, <laughs> pretty much every day. Um, one <laughs> of the things I, I, I've started to do is with, with iPhones, I can send him a, a voice text and it, it's just easy peasy. You know, you just send him a 30 second text saying, Hey, I hope you have a great day at school. Good luck with your, your hockey game. Uh, Dad's thinking of you, love you. You know, they, they get to hear your voice. And, you know, I, I remember when the big controversy many, many years ago is when parents started giving their kids at very young age, you know, cell phones. Well, for me, it's a great way for a lot of us to be able to stay connected with our kids because this is it. This was the lifeline. And so with newer and newer apps and newer technology, it is actually making the distance closer together because of the technology, the wonderful inventions that we have of of having cell phones. So like I said, Floor, for me, it the latest thing is just using uh, a voice text uh, to my son because, you know, like, you know, Jeff was saying as well, we, we don't always get the reciprocal response, but I, again, like a lot of us dads in this group that I'm hearing is that we are sending the messages out. And if, if our kids deal, want to deal to, to respond, that's fine. But they understand in their own way that we dads are thinking of them. I agree. Now, when, when we do get our children, um, you know, for, for the time, for the weekend, for the summer, um, you know, whenever they come over to the house, uh, that, that time is precious. That time is precious and you want to spend as much time as possible, teach them as much as possible and just experience new things, making sure that they enjoy the time with you. Um, and sometimes, at least for me, when it comes to disciplining my child, I do have to admit, I, I, I'm a little bit, a little bit more relaxed on that because I'm thinking, all right, I got her for a week. Um, I can discipline her. She can go on timeout for whatever it is. And she's going to be upset at me for the rest of the day. Now I just wasted a day that we could have been doing something. Um, so I, I think that's, that's something that I struggle with and it's, um, and it's tough sometimes, sometimes it has to be done. And I think it, um, you know, of course, when that day goes by, it's like, oh, we could have been doing this or I plan to do this. But now, you know, I can't necessarily reward her at the moment. Um, how is it, uh, Jeff, like when when you have them come over and those moments happen, how do you approach it? Like, how do you still maintain that structure um, with, with parenting with your children when that time comes and you have to discipline them, but also still ensure that you're getting in that quality time that you want? Yeah, that's that's definitely something I struggle with. Um, you know, I'm on the sort of uh, standard fathering schedule, right? The every other weekend <laughs> kind of thing. And I'm very cognizant of the fact that, especially as she, you know, gets a little older and emotions play uh, a bigger role, that if I spend, you know, half an hour quarreling or, or disciplining or whatever. And I do, um, sometimes, but, um, that, that can, that can take up a whole day of negative emotion, um, in a, um, weekend that's only two, two and a half days long. And I'm very reluctant to do that. I mean, I'm lucky my, my daughter, like I'm sure all of yours are she doesn't need a lot of discipline. Um, right. It, it's, it's sometimes corrective behavior when I have to say, Hey, look, you know, um, getting back to the last question, the, the thing that you're doing, that's, that's really not okay is not being responsive, not communicating, <laughs> not answering my text, those kinds of things. Um, but I, I do try and have some structure. And the one thing um that I've always tried to do is um, maybe this is a little off, off 
the question, but I, I knew from an early age that I couldn't um, always do something fun all the time um, and that I couldn't entertain my daughter all of, you know, every minute of the weekend. But I always tried to plan at least one thing. I mean, whether it's going to the the pool or or a bike ride or whatever, just something where um, she knew that every weekend we were going to have some dedicated planned event. Um, didn't have to cost money. Didn't have to be a huge production. But that kind of structure I found um, has been really valuable um in and you know again bridging the gap between disciplining and creating valuable time where your time is limited yeah i like that and i agree i i I learned that the hard way um because i think early on once i separated and i got my daughter i tried to do something every day but eventually it kind of burns you out It, it burns you out and um of course, I want my daughter to see me as as a fun parent, but I think I had to leave some room for for other learnings, um, different different things that they may encounter. You know, it may not be fun, but it's a, a teaching moment, a learning opportunity, and even those times where you have to do some corrective behavior. Um, and I think now I don't do um, I don't try to look for fun every day, um, but I do try to make it where she has something to look forward to. Like, Hey, we're going to do this, you know, this weekend, you know, get ready or something, you know, so she has school Monday through Fridays, you know, one day in the weekend, we'll go do something. And then maybe we'll do some things around the house, which thankfully she enjoys and doing some chores around the house. She loves it. She loves being a part of it. So that's something that to her is a little bit of fun, but she's also learning responsibility in the process and, and how to just, you know, maintain the house and, and kind of contribute and help in the family. So I, I also, I learned that I, I couldn't do fun things every day. It's, I just, I ran out of things and I didn't have it in me every day. So it was a little bit tough. Um, Tommy, how was it uh, for you with um, trying to enjoy the moment, but also let them know like, Hey, you know, there's, there's some things you need to learn. Well, just like Jeff, I, I, I was the every other weekend dad and it was less than 46 hours uh, I had with him, but I didn't want to be a Disneyland dad. I wanted <laughs> us to be able to enjoy the time together. And, you know, the, the bottom line with, uh, with our kids floor is that our, our kids don't always want the big extra extravaganza. They just want time with us. They just want to be, having quality time with us. And so when, after my divorce, for example, uh, I didn't have a place to live. I used, uh, because being a road warrior, I just used hotel points. And that's where we spent a lot of our time together was bonding in hotel rooms and, um, you know, being able to order room service. And uh, the joke I always tell uh, a lot of uh, people is that my son, always had stipulations on the hotel. And number one, it had to have a pool. He didn't know how to swim at the time. So that was a great experience because this helped us again bond by me teaching him how to swim. So for, for me, this, this year has been very rough because uh, again, I have an older teenager who from the summertime worked three jobs. And from the time, the last time we, we had him on our regular weekend was Easter. And from Easter, the following weekend fell on Mother's Day. So I didn't have him. I only saw him up until Father's Day three times. So it's, it's really hard when you have to, uh, you know, discipline your kids. But the bottom line is, number one, they want to spend time with us. And if it's going to be time where you have to discipline them, make it quick, make it simple to the point and have them understand why they're being disciplined. Because 
for me right now, I'm going through, oh my gosh, he's a senior in high school. He's going away to school. He's not staying here in Colorado. And so my time with him is, is very precious. And just like a lot of us, we don't have a lot of time with our kids. And so we might as well utilize it as best we can. And like I said, we don't want to be those Disneyland dads. So Yvonne, what, what kind of dad are you? Are you the, um, would you say you're a Disneyland dad or, or do you have to lay down the law when you need to? Uh, yeah, I actually, uh, <laughs> uh, actually, one of our previous uh, webinars, I, I called it the, uh, the Santa Claus dad. Uh, yeah. So uh, we had it was yeah. different homes. Uh, you know, um, mom wasn't, uh, uh, in a financial situation where she could, um, uh, move about freely, uh, so to say. And, uh, and I was, and, um, and so uh, I was the Santa Claus dad, so I was able to buy them, you know, the American girl dolls if they wanted, or I was able to, you know, take them to Disneyland or take them to Punta Cana or, you know, so I, I, I had that opportunity and, um, and I took advantage of it um, because I wanted them to um, to have those different experiences as well. And when it came to disciplining, um, so uh, obviously I uh, got divorced because we had uh, mismatching personalities with mom. And uh, so mom was a little bit more of the relaxed mom and dad was more of the strict dad. So I had the, you know, chores, chore list. We actually had a chore calendar that we... Um, Actually, I bought it at a toy store. It was a, a Melissa and Doug uh, chore calendar with magnetic pieces. So it would be like, you know, cleaning your room and you put a magnet and a star. And, and so we had a little system going on. I know, I know some parents use whiteboards and uh, in the house. Some parents, uh, actually, I was at a friend's house last night and, uh, and her twin boys, uh, they've got a, a wall in the kitchen that's a chalkboard wall. So they can write, you know, all their stuff on there. Um, but, uh, but that's the thing we, you know, I had to balance things out. So, uh, disciplining wise, uh, you know, if, uh, once they had their phones, it was like, okay, if, if there was something that they didn't do right and they had to take the phone away, I would also explain it to their mom and, and I would tell mom, Hey, their phone is gone for a week and it's your week. Um, can you help me support that? And then when they misbehave at their house, like mom had a swear job, at, a swear jar at her house. Um, and the kids almost never swore at my house, but if they ever did, then it'd be like, well, guess what? You're putting money in the swear jar at mom's house when you go back, because there was no swear job in my, uh, swear jar in my house. So we supported each other as far as, um, corrective behavior in that, in that sense. Um, so that was something that we, we split, um, and it worked well, uh, you know, for us. So, you know, the, my daughters were able to understand rules and they were able to understand that, Hey, um, there are certain rules that are in mom's house and there are certain rules that are dad, at dad's house and, and they're different. And they, they, they knew, you know, what to do and how to behave in each one. It was also a lot harder, I should say, a lot harder for them to play mommy and daddy at the same time because mommy and daddy were, were talking. So that's also key important. Yes, that's very important. Uh, I think for me, it was a little bit tough in the beginning to try to be on the same page as far as disciplining and just making sure the same rules are, are, in, are in, the, in both households. But I learned that it's really hard to do that. Um, I think we both have different parenting styles, but I think now my daughter knows, you know, what the rules are here, what's over there. But I also make sure that if, if there's something that she did at her mom's house that I found that was not you know, the right thing to do. I try to like, even over the phone, like, okay, that, that wasn't the best, best thing to do, you know, make sure you apologize to mommy or this is how you can fix it. So I, I still instill that, um, I guess, discipline, even from afar. Um, Cause I just want her to be, you know, grow up to be respectful and, and to treat others um, with kindness at all times, no matter whose house she's in, whether it's her friend's house, it doesn't matter. And I just want her, want her to learn that, um, wherever she is um hey, yes hey, i just wanted to add another thing about the communication piece and you just brought up a really good point and i don't know if you're going to segue into this and that but you know when they're at their friend's house so communicating with your daughters um you know as they're growing up and creating that confidence with them is very key i can't stress that enough um that that you you have to have that open um 
transparency with your daughters so that they are able to come to you to talk to you to tell you hey um you know even if they want to go hang out at their friend's house on the weekend that is yours you got to be okay with it you know you want to go hang out at, at melissa's house and what's more important about that is knowing the names of their friends and knowing the parents and the reason why i say this is because you never know what could happen down the road i'm going to take my own personal experience um you know i did have a situation where you know my daughter ran away but she ran away to a home where i knew the parent and it was you know it's fine she needed to go she needed to do that and the communication was open parents were talking to each other so it was safe for her and and it was a communication that we had so it's very important um to have that type of communication with uh your daughter or with your child um so that you are also in open communication with the parents of the friends of the kids as well yeah that makes uh I, that makes a big difference and that's something that i that type of relationship with my daughter is something that i'm working towards and i hope um you know i kind of build that relationship because i just want her to be open and honest and just know you know just for her to make the right decisions in in any situation um you know i i but you know being a girl and being a dad i know sometimes she made uh, like i said earlier she may look to her, uh, a woman figure to share a specific message or or to express herself um and i just want her to have that outlet but also be comfortable with her parents as well you know to reach out to her mom and say hey i'm having this issue i need you right now and and that's completely okay and that's that's what we want you know we just want our kids to to just be honest honest open if they need help ask for it um but also to be confident to do so um a lot of us are very fortunate you know to have our kids and to for, to have them come over and and just spend that time with us and for us with them but i know there's some dads out there who are not as fortunate and it could be because of their past whatever they were involved in and i don't know if you guys have experienced this or know someone who has experienced this but uh some dads have to get uh su- supervised visitation which could be difficult and as we know spending time with our kids means the world to us and we have them for a weekend or for a week or over the summer and sometimes these other dads have them for just an hour or two hours and it's really hard to i mean what to really build some kind of structure from a dad's perspective or from a father's point of view um Colleen i wanted to ask you um how are those how does from what you've seen how does a situation like that impact the child you know with having those very strict visitation and just being so limited on on the time that you can spend with your child yeah so really it depends on what kind of time it is and what what kind of child it is um it, there's some situations where a child is so young when those restrictions are put in place that a child doesn't know any differently uh there you don't really see much of an impact uh you see a bigger impact when it, you know a lot of time has passed this child is maybe a little bit older used to having unrestricted time and then it goes to restricted mode um they're great uh resources out there to make restricted time a, a bit more fun and enjoyable for kids. There are plenty of supervised parenting time facilities that um, cater to make sure that children's time with their parents are fun. Um, there, there are also situations where restricted time can happen in a public place, uh, which I know can be a bit more fun for kids because we're not talking about you know a facility instead we're talking about going to the park going to McDonald's uh, going to the library um having not only parenting time uh, that's with a parent but also with an activity rolled in uh, those tend to be more fun and enriching for kids um but what i tell my clients that are dealing with restricted parenting time is the goal is always to expand and get away from restricted time because more time with kids is always better Uh, I find when I represent kids by and large they want time with both parents. Um parents may have their own disagreements, there may be reasons for that restricted time. Um but if parents are doing their jobs right, uh the kids don't know about that and the kids want time with both parents. And how and how does one go about 
you know, just gaining those extra, uh, the extra time or, or the rights as, as a father, how, how do they just build that where they, they, the rules could kind of be a little bit more relaxed and maybe they're, it's not supervised. Like what, what does one have to do to get to that point? What I always tell clients who are in a situation where they have supervised parenting time, you know, again, the goal is to get away from that. And the best way to get away from that is to really make great use of your supervised time. Usually when there's a supervision requirement, there's a reason. Um, there could be concerns, uh, you know, various different concerns, uh, you know, about um, uh, appropriateness of the contact, substance use, uh, you know, violence, things of that nature. Um, so it, it's important for parents who find themselves in that situation to do what they need to do to get over whatever that issue is, um, whether that's, you know, being part of a program that helps them resolve it or really taking some meaningful steps that they um, monitor and police themselves. Um, but make sure that the time that they have, whatever limited, you know, capacity it is, it goes well without incident uh, until you can eventually build a history of showing that, look, this parenting time has been going well, um, while supervised, it, it should be expanded and expanded and expanded until you get to the point where there isn't a need for supervision because the concerns that led to the supervision to begin with are no longer there. Um, so really it's, you know, twofold. A parent doing what he or she needs to do uh, to take care of whatever brought them to supervision in the first place and then making sure that supervised parenting time is going really well and that they're putting in the work and making it as quality as they can. Yes, definitely. And I think uh, another thing too is, um, you know, for those, for those dads who are just seeking some kind of help, I think, you know, having a, a, a circle of dads for support is also huge um, for encouragement, for motivation, and just knowing that, you know, sometimes the, the roughest road, but as long as you put in the work and you're passionate about you know, what you do, but also you work for, work hard for what you really want, which is you know getting your role back as a father and spending time with them. Um, I, I think having a circle of dads definitely helps as well, and, and just to continue looking for that encouragement, that there's support that they need, um, you know, outside of of certain programs that they also may need as well. Um, I, I think that's that's huge. Uh, so Yvonne, what, what would, what would you say out of this whole entire experience from parenting from afar? Like what would be your tip out there or, or, or something you'd like to share with the team, you know, with everybody, group of dads all over the place? Um, what would you like to share with them? Having that communication, um, with your, with your daughter, with the kid is, is key to, um, growing up, having them have trust in you, you having them trust in them, that is important. So don't try, don't skip out on the times that you can't have your kids and the times that you do have your kids, you know, make it quality time, make it time where, you know, you are sharing your time dedicated to them if it is that you got to take off from work or if it is that you got to, you know, have, uh, you know, whatever your situation might be, uh, you know, and, and spend that quality time Go to a museum, go to a park, go, you know, um, you know, have game night. If you've got them, you know, for the summer, uh, you know, that you don't want to have them cooped up. You don't have them in summer camp right now. Everybody's just staying at home and everything. Uh, one thing that I've done with my kids uh, during this COVID time is uh, that we would have a, a movie night. Uh, well, actually, we would have a night and we picked out uh, different activities and put them in a hat. So it was like movie, board game, um, uh, uh, the dance the dance dance studio that I got for my PlayStation. So there were like different things that I put in there. So it was like we would take it out of the hat and it would be Wednesday nights, um, you know, just for however long. If it was, uh, if we ended up playing Clue, that could take us, you know, a couple hours. Uh, if it was just a movie, I remember we did the uh, Harry Potter uh, series. Uh, we did one movie every night. Um, but it's, it's essential to relish and keep that communication and that quality, quality time with your kids. Awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, Tommy, what, so what have you learned from your own experience and that you can share with us? Knowing our kids' interests, knowing their habits, knowing, you know, what, what makes them tick. And, you know, I have a, I have a son who 
loves and bleeds hockey uh, to my Chicago friends, go Hawks. And <laughs> f- for us, uh, it, it was always in, in this house uh, where my wife and I live, it's knee hockey and we have many nets and we will play for hours and my knees are all shot because of it, but that's, that's okay. That's, that's love. And so again, it's um, the biggest lesson I've learned for through my divorce was making sure. uh, And I learned it the hard way, like, and I'm sure like a lot of us uh, taking our time with our kids for granted. And, you know, you, you get home late, you get home from work and you're just so drained and your kids want to play. And you think when you get married, it's, it's, in death do us part. And next thing you know, you're talking to somebody like Colleen and going, Hey, and so you don't get that time back. And so for me, uh, especially now, like I said, my son's going off to college next year and I want to spend as much time with him as I can because you can't get time back, but it goes back to, again, the basics, you know, what, are they going to respond with a phone call or do you have to send them a text or do you have to, you know, send them a letter? What, what is it that they're interested in? And so just knowing what they enjoy doing and spending that time uh, doing it with them is, is, is creating memories and bonds that you're never going to get back. Yes. Communication, trust, time is important. And it's definitely needed. Uh, Jeff, what about you? What would you like to share from everything you've learned uh, through this parenting from afar? <laughs> um, it's hard for me to to add to uh, those great comments. Um, I, I'll echo Tommy that, you know, time is the one thing you cannot get back. And, um, you know, sounds trite, but it goes quick. Um, so communication and consistency, like we've talked about, but I want to add to, um, to something Colleen said earlier, which is that kids know more than you think they do. And they perceive a lot, um, more than, than you may realize more than I realized. And one thing that I've worked really hard to to um, do over time is that when even or even when um, I don't always see eye to eye with my daughter's mother, um, you know, never, ever, ever put your child in the middle of that. Do not badmouth uh, your ex or or. Um, in fact, I, you know, I'm a big believer in encouraging, oh, wow, you did that with, with mom. That, that's really cool. I'm glad you got that experience or, or whatever it is. Um, because they know when there's hostility, I think that creates anxiety, um, even if it is unexpressed, creates anxiety in the, the kids and, and, um, they feel that, and I think that impacts their experience of their time with you, and then that impacts the rest of your experience with them going forward. So, um, you know, I, I think that's really important in addition to the things that everyone else has said. Yeah, I'm glad you said that about um, just speaking to your child on the positive interactions they've had with their mother or kind of fun that they shared. Like, oh, I did this with mom today. Um, that's excellent. That's something I do as well. I, I just encourage the the fun and, and to, and, you know, oh, you know, good for you. I'm glad you got to spend that time with her or wow, you like she did this for you or she cooked your favorite food. I'm, I'm sure it was delicious, you know, and all these things. And I and just to just to encourage that that positive environment um, so that she doesn't see, you know, if, if I did have uh, some kind of negative interaction with her mom earlier that day or we just haven't been seeing eye to eye that week or something like that. And although I'm, I'm feeling a certain way about her mom right now at the moment, I'm not going to show that to my daughter so that she just continues to see that, you know, mommy and daddy are still doing what we need to do to, to try to be on the same team to help you 
in anything that you need and to support you in any way possible. And that just starts by just her seeing that, you know, mommy and daddy are, are still trying to be positive and taking care of me. Um, and I, and I really try to do that as much as possible because I don't want her to see anything else. Uh, I'll leave that between her mom and I, and, and we can kind of sort those things out. But of course, um, in a respectful way where I just tried, I think my mission in those uncomfortable conversations is to let her know, like, we got to put our differences aside. Whatever happened in the past happened in the past. We need to come together as parents and do what we think is right for her. Um, sometimes we may not see eye to eye, but what is right at the moment? Um, I may disagree with something, but it may be the right choice right now because of cer certain circumstances. And I think that's important. Um, going back to that communication, sometimes it's, it's tough. Communication can be tough and it's not easy, but there's certain things that we have to just put behind us and get through Aww. a specific situation the best way possible together. Um, Ivan? Yeah, I wanted to say one thing uh, following on that communication part. Critical, critical. The kids are not messengers. Don't send a message to the kid, to the other parent. That is uh, one of the um, biggest mistakes I learned. Uh, one of the biggest pieces of advice that I've, that I've been given. Um, so very, very critical. Going along with, I'm talking about, about your ex. Um, another thing, just don't give the instructions to your kids to give to the other parent, you know, email directly to the other parent, write them, text them, do whatever it is. The kids should not be treated as messengers um, in a divorce. Thank you. Um, and I know from a, from a legal pr uh, perspective, um, what kind of tips, Colleen, would you give in situations like this where parents have to just somehow put things behind them, become a team, and do what they need to do for the child, even from separate homes. I know we talked about documentation is key. Communication, of course, is powerful. Being respectful, of course, with that communication, even if it's in writing. Um, what else would you add to that? Really, I've liked everything I've heard here. I think that these all apply to legal situations. Um, certainly, never using your child as a messenger. Um, and also, to the extent you can, don't talk to your child about your issues with your ex or what's going on in the courtroom, because kids absorb that and they worry about it, um, even if you don't think so. Um, so I think it's really important to let kids be kids and let the adults handle those issues. Um, another thing that I find that really helps kids is only talking about your ex in a complimentary way. Um, I know that's hard to do. Maybe you don't always have nice things to say about your ex. Um, but I, I like to take the uh, piece of advice where if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And if you can manage it, say nice things about your ex to your child. And the reason for that is your, your child is part you, part your ex. If you say something poorly about your ex, your child's going to internalize that and think that something's wrong with them because they're part mom for example. Um, so wherever you can be complimentary about your ex. And also another thing I've heard here that I like that I want to echo is be united fronts um, with your ex. You may not be able to agree on a lot of things, but when it comes to one parent laying down the law in his or her house, uh, assuming it's reasonable, carry that over into your household as much as you can. Uh, don't let a child play one parent off of the other um, because children are more likely to try to do that, especially in a situation where the parents aren't together. Yes, that is very true. <laughs> I'm sure we've encountered that in some, some way, shape or form at one point. Um, well, everyone, thank you so much. Um, there's been lots of great tips and advice and just sharing your story through this experience of us trying to parent from afar. And I think it's been extremely powerful. I've heard a lot of great things like Colleen said. And Colleen, thank you for sharing your legal perspective and just um, giving us a lot of insight. I think that would help tons of people, um, fathers in the community who are going through certain situations and maybe you know just let them know that sometimes it's okay if you call your child and um, they may not wanna talk to you at the moment, but you know, as long as you are consistent and have open communication, especially with the other parent and making sure you keep a positive environment, even through through word, uh, through the written word, I think is extremely important and can impact the child um, 
even being distant from them. So again, thank you all so much. And Chris? I have to agree with you, Floor, and this was an amazing conversation tonight. Thank you so much for sharing all of your stories. It's so important to be able to have the opportunity to learn and grow um, from the stories that each of you tell, and I think that it's it's important. Uh, it, I think that everyone that was listening along is definitely going to learn from you as well. One of the things that I wanted to say to all of you that are uh, listening in today is that right now, just like the stories that you heard, uh, we are gathering your stories and we want to know what fatherhood means to you. Um, we are currently on our Fathering Together website at fatheringtogether.org. We're asking you to take a, a couple minutes, maybe even just a minute, and give us a 30 to 60 second video that allows for you to be able to reflect, reflect on what fatherhood means to you. You know, 2020 is coming to a close. And, and for us at Fathering Together, we want to capture some of those moments that have made this year so amazing, despite the challenges. So we are asking all of you to take 30 to 60 seconds. Take a video, take a little, you know, take your phone out and, and give us a little bit of video back to us. Um, there's a link right on our website where you can go and you can submit your video and be able to tell your story. Because through your story, others, others are going to learn and they're going to be able to be better fathers as well. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you all for being on the panel today. It is, it is always great to have all of you here and for you to be sharing your stories with everyone. And I wish you all the best. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step -step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat. And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen, carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be